Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome <laughs> in to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. So you are getting the secret of how this actually works uh, to another episode of the Brett Allen show, a pop culture podcast uh, where we interview your favorite actors from film and television, music, comedy, Broadway as of late and more. And today uh, it's a Friday, but this episode will go out on Monday. So the cat's out of the bag. Uh, we're going to be talking more escaping the palace uh, with Harry and Megan, Megan and Harry. And today we have a fantastic guest, Bonnie Soper. She's going to be talking to us about how she fits into the storyline. And Bonnie, I mean, all the other characters are amazing and iconic, but your character, Princess Diana, I mean, this is big. And there have been two other parts of this anthology that have come out, I think, starting around, what, 2018, 2019, uh, which you've been a part of. And then, of course, this one, which the current story is obviously clear and present current events, but then your mm. character is is current and important, but is no longer living. We'll get into all that. Uh, Bonnie, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and of course, I think I said this, you play Princess Diana or Diana and this show is literally taken straight from the headlines, but there's just a lot of different moving pieces to this. Thanks for hanging out with me. This is a fantastic project, by the way. And of course, yes, and all the characters are icons, even more so you, I think, because as we all know, Princess Diana passed away a long time ago, several years ago. But yet we are getting her now in current times with your character portrayal and how it all fits into the story. So I, I guess my first question I would lead with is how do you even prepare for such an iconic and notable role? Mm, yeah, well, I um, I completely underestimated when I first played Diana the level of um, interest that, that that would generate. I didn't think anyone was going to even notice. <laughs> oh, we um, noticed, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I learned from that. And um, luckily I had those two first uh, movies, um, these little flashbacks to kind of uh, – to learn from, um, I approached the role like I would uh, approach all my roles at that time. And that actually, I think, was um, a mistake because I had never played someone as notable as this. Okay. And I realized the level that I needed to go to. I needed to treat this as if I was in every scene. It's how much work I needed to put into it. And, you know, and it's a hustle. So, you work with like it, lifetimes very fast. So I was working with that as well. And I, so this time around with this third movie, I was aware of how fast this is. It was my first time filming in America, well, Canada, and I underestimated how quick things were. So 
this time I was mentally prepared for everything. And I was like, I need the time to put into this character. And I was going to make sure fiercely protect that so I could put in all the work that I wanted. Um, but it is, yeah, like it was one of those things where I was like, I need to set myself up um, for success here. And I made sure that I had my own dialect coach this time so that I had someone specifically focused only on Diana so that I knew when I was on set that I could really like with conviction stand by the choices that I had made and really own it. And I could just immerse myself in it in the moment because people have such strong opinions when it came to her. So I wanted to be really solid in my own choices and um, and I think this time I was really able to do that. Yeah. And you said lifetime moves fast. No kidding. Mm. Especially <laughs> with this third film where literally like the interview happens with Oprah. Mm. Sydney and Jordan were both telling me <laughs> it's like the interview happens with Oprah. People go nuts. Hey, we're going to film a third series. Get Canada let's get this on the horn and get done and you know they've uh -huh. had time to really kind of dig in and it's just they've all three been really fantastic and I think a lot yeah. of America or the world honestly I mean we know those two characters and those two people because they're just so central to the headlines but I yeah. think Diana when she was living from what I understand really was not a super fan of being in the press and being mm -hmm. well known. And it wasn't until she sadly died that a lot of people mm -hmm. really, and I think it was even stated supposedly, or I don't know if it was ever decided, but it was because of maybe paparazzi that led to her demise. The car crash that happened in mm -hmm. the tunnel. I remember that I was in the military at the time and that was a huge event that had happened so I think it's important yeah. for us to remember how important Diana is to this storyline because obviously yeah. um, it's it makes perfect sense. I think you, and I said this to the other two, are strikingly <laughs> familiar. Like your look is so on point. Like when I was talking to Sydney specifically, I swear I was talking uh to Megan. So it's <laughs> Megan. And somebody actually even sent me a message and said, Did you interview Megan Markle? How did you wind up getting that interview? <laughs> I was like, No, no, it was an act a Broadway actress who played her in the anthology series on Lifetime. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And it was even funny. I think you posted a photo on your social media where you were in character but you had your earbuds in or something and you were just kind of like playing there a little bit. That's a lot of fun. What, yeah. You touched on this just a minute ago, but I want to expand mm -hmm. a little bit. When you're presented yeah. with a project like this, and again, most of these events being pretty current and, and, and in mm -hmm. the moment, um, like kind of how can you walk us through how you kind of get into the creative space? Because you mentioned this time you got your own dialect coach, which you're Australian. Mm -hmm. She's British part. And there's mm -hmm. even different. Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, Kiwi. Okay. Yes, I stand corrected. Uh, that's just an American assumption. And you, and you kind of, you know, you do a great job. So like, when you know that you're doing this again for a third time, you know, you're going to have a little bit more time. Like, what is even your broader process to get into just the creative space to even get to the other places that you spoke about? Really lucky. I mean, it, it was, um, 
uh, a curse that turned into a blessing for me when they were like, I'm so sorry, but you have to quarantine for 14 days. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, it's going to give me time to like really live in the life of Diana and use my imagination as much as possible. I use every second of those 14 days to take my time to live in her world, experience what it's like to be isolated, um, to to use my imagination in areas that I wasn't familiar with, but to really like look at the parallels that I could identify with her and her vulnerabilities and 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 draw from that. And then yeah, I would um I had listened to an NPR um conversation with Jean Smart and she said when she was working on the Mirror of East Town she would fall asleep with um the accent in oh, her yeah. ears. And I I took that on. I was like, so every night I would fall asleep with Diana just talking and talking the Andrew Morton interview. Luckily actually as it turns out I would fall asleep um listening to that because whilst this was happening and I was preparing, like you say, these real life like real time events were happening and this BBC scandal was happening. And um, I knew in that moment, I was like, oh, this is going to change everything. The script is going to change because the BBC interview was now becoming untouchable. And it was surreal to be watching what Harry and Meghan were going through as I was preparing for this. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty um, cool experience, but I'm glad that I had put all of that time in because um, right before I was about to come out of quarantine, everything changed as um you know as real time events were unfolding the script you know the script did too yeah it's it's just yeah. uncanny like how this all plays out and the fact mm. you know we get to see kind of the relationship that she had with harry growing up and growing up mm. in the limelight and really how he yeah. is so much like his mother in a lot of ways oh my god it's it's just yeah. unbelievable and i think that's what makes these three pieces of content this storyline so great is because we've, we of course we got the first one and the second one and now the third one where we're in current events and we're getting to see a little bit behind the scenes of what this life might have been like and whether it be in the flashbacks or just in those moments where you're sharing intimate time with him as a small child mm. and and really you know being born into a monarchy and then being put mm -hmm. into power as a prince and then deciding we're done we're 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 exiling and we're yeah. finished like i think we underestimate how big of a deal that can possibly be you know what i mean because Absolutely. it's massive yeah. you don't just wake up one day and decide that you're not going to do this anymore like that's a long thing um mm -hmm. Every actor, I, I always like to get the story of what drew them into acting, what made them fall in love with the craft. For you, what was that moment like where you knew exactly this is what I'm going to do? This is something that I want to be a part of. You know, that's such a big question because I often wonder what was it that made <laughs> me want to be an actor? I mean, because if you think like I'm from like this small town, very remote in the deep, deep south of New Zealand. And I'm like, what on earth got into me to make me think that this is something I would want to do when I'm surrounded <laughs> by farmers and really practical, grounded people? There was absolutely no real influence on me to become, um, you know, to have this desire to become an actress. But I think what it was is I lived so much in fantasy in my head all the time. I was just living in a constant fantasy and I watched all these old movies and I was like, I want to be 
or two. So that kind of probably played a part. But I was a very shy, shy kid. And I think that that sort of introduced this way to express myself. Um, and I harbored this secret desire to be an actor my entire youth until I turned um, 18 and then I was like I had to tell my parents because I wanted to go to drama school and I was like I want to be an actor <laughs> <laughs> always a fun conversation I'm sure when you want to do what okay exactly. well it has to be a great payoff especially for something like this because now it's like as out there as it could possibly be be <laughs> well that my next question would be then what really drives you as a creative and keeps you moving as an actor like what is that motivating thing in your life that keeps you going from project to project project to project and also keeps you going when you're like when you're down yeah too, when you, you know? might not um, be working for perhaps months at a time yeah i mean i think i'm i think i'm stubborn and i just i love a challenge and when I've committed to something, I'm a hundred percent committed and I, I don't I don't give up. So extremely determined. I might fall down, it might be for some days or it might be for years, <laughs> but I eventually get back up. And I think it's just acting has given me some incredible experiences and I've just always been like, Wow, like I could never have dreamt that I would get to experience this and and, and I hold on to those moments when things have been particularly hard and actually you know i quit acting after i was on a sofa in new zealand um i went to australia and quit for a good few years about three years and i went and worked in a hotel and i was so miserable i was just so unhappy because i felt like who am i to be wanting to be an actor like i'm you know this is not for me i'm not like a you know, I was looking at all these big actors who were really successful and thinking they're destined for this. I'm not like, you know, this is, this is ridiculous, even though I had been working in New Zealand, but I just decided I'm not going to do this anymore. And I just was so unhappy and I had a bit of a wake up call and realized how unhappy I was. And then I realized that this is what I, I love to do. And regardless of how hard it is and no matter what happens. And I, I took the pressure off myself where it was like, some kind of outcome that would be a measure for success and, and validation and I just realized that I love it and and that's all that really matters and now I'm been much more happy although it's been very difficult at times and amazing at times I've followed my heart and I've followed my dreams and I've honored that little girl living on a farm that wanted this different kind of life. Wow that's a beautiful story and you've stuck it out and you are here now and that is Amazing. One last question as we wrap up our chat here. You've been at this for a long time. Has there ever been one piece or maybe several pieces of advice that you have been given along the way that has stuck with you that you perhaps maybe have even shared with others in your journey as a performer? Mm. I've had lots of advice um and lots of bad you know, good advice and bad advice <laughs> some that i took which didn't work out so well for me such as make sure you don't become a brand um big mistake i should have definitely have embraced <laughs> social media the industry was changing and evolving but you know i, I was part of that very old-fashioned bestian um group um where things were much more traditional and that you know we didn't know how this industry was going to evolve when social media kind of hit the scene and um so I would I would say though that I think it was my acting coach Margie Haber. I was in class and she said after um, 
we had sort of all done our bit. She was like, you know, therapy is really important, um, especially, you know, in general, it's, it's for anyone. And I, a few years later, was remembering that piece of advice and went into therapy myself. And it's really helped me as a person. It's really helped me as an actor. And it's helped me really grow and evolve. In a way, it's quite fitting because I think that's kind of what Diana was saying. And that's also what Harry and Meghan are saying. I mean, the me you can't see with Harry and Oprah. And then Megan, you know, being open about what she was experiencing and then the backlash that they experienced because of that. Um, you know, we're still evolving when it comes to understanding how important mental health is. And I just think that therapy um, has really helped me. It's helped me stay strong in my career. It's helped me develop really strong coping mechanisms. As an actress, I felt all of those pressures, like, on, like you know, on my physicality, on my body, on my looks on my ability you know all those insecurities that again like even you know diana was open about and i think that that was the best piece of advice i've ever had and i'm really glad that i took it and i would advise it to anyone um you know, for their creativity to flourish yeah and that's an important note to end on mental health is so important and i think it can be very taboo at times we've seen mm the effects that it can have on people specifically with this story of Megan and Harry mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. it affected her and him and, and the backlash that they received about their honesty with Oprah in that interview. And mm -hmm. we get to see all of that and more in this fantastic show on lifetime escaping the palace, yes. uh, yes. starring so many fantastic people, including Bonnie here who plays uh, the late uh, Princess Diana. Uh, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode and being a part and pressing play today. And be sure to head over to Apple Podcast and subscribe to the show if you have not already. We really appreciate you and your feedback. And let us know your thoughts on today's episode. Subscribe, share it with a friend. It's absolutely free. And it can be done probably from the device that you are holding in your very hand right now. Bonnie, thank you for hanging out with me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so cool. Um, yeah, and it's just been a pleasure. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.